Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. Time for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Sainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Greetings, greetings. Uh, here we are again. Oh, ready for another fine episode. Fine? Yeah. Fun? Fine, fine episode, yes. Or sure. better than average. Better, better than average. Eh, just kind of so-so. Just kind of, just kind of here or there. Yeah. 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 Um, hey, you yes. and I are both going to be at GABF. Uh, we are indeed. We're going to both be in Singapore. Yep. And we're going to both be in the GABF. And then I don't know if we have any. Uh, oh, hey, you, Mr. Palmer, should yeah. come up to ah, visit us. You have another rally up there? Having a rally October 29th. It is a Saturday. Okay, I will put it on my calendar. I'm not sure if that's free, but let's check here. Mm hmm. Um, Come on. Brazil. No, I'm going to be in Brazil that that weekend. Oh, likely story. <laughs> I'm going to Brazil for Halloween. I won't be there. I'm sorry. Taking the private jet. <laughs> All that uh, how to brew money. Uh-huh. 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 Yeah, this, uh, this is in um, a different state that I've never been to before. Actually, north of Rio. Um, that you meant like state of confusion or something? No. <laughs> well, that may, but uh, no. Um, Gonna go yeah, down, uh, get some Zika, bring it back. Probably, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I uh, get some fine fruits do, and do vegetables, some, get some get Z- 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 customs. Zika Mon Go. Is that what you're gonna do? <laughs> See if you can find some Zika down there. <laughs> Zika Mon Go. Yeah, you want you want to you find them all? Oh, no. <laughs> Gotta catch them all. <laughs> Gotta catch them all. Exactly. Zeke them on go. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. Um, uh, so, no. Huh? Singapore. Singapore. Yeah. That'd be fun. That, that I'm really looking forward to that. That's just going to be, you know, int- I mean, culture is so interesting uh, to be to be there and, um, you know, see a part of the world I've never seen before. Chris White, who has spent a, a fair amount of time in Asia, has actually gone to the homebrew uh, event that uh, you and I will be at. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, be prepared for it to be so incredibly hot. That, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's like it's 95 degrees and 100% humidity. And uh, he said that the, you know, the judging and stuff will be outdoors. Wow. <laughs> How are so, they keeping the beer cool? Uh, ice chests? I don't know. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. But uh, he said, be, be prepared for several hours of heat and drinking. 
<laughs> he said it doesn't bother the people who live in Singapore. But yeah. uh he said it was it was quite brutal um to be there and uh be outdoors for hours on end in the heat. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to it nonetheless. Do right. my best. Right. Oh uh I I am a bit of a uh a princess and uh a delicate <laughs> flower, shall we say. And uh I need my air conditioning. I'm I I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean Well uh, we'll just have to get some spray bottles and <laughs> and some fans. Yeah. There you go. Maybe I'll carry a parasol. Uh I'm just saying. Whatever whatever it whatever it takes. That's right. I'm tough. I'll I'll make do. We'll bring some pith helmets with us. No, I'll, I'll just use the, the... I'm sure they get toilets. Oh, okay. Uh, that shouldn't be a problem. Or, you know, I can just go in a bush. I won't need... I won't need a... I won't need that. <laughs> won't need a helmet. For you. No, no, no. Especially not a piss helmet. I mean, really. So oh. what are we going to talk about today? Well, in just a minute, we're going to talk about... Uh, Q&A questions that came in at uh, com, but I want to tell people how it is that we're able to provide the show for free. That you can just get on your computer, do a little tap, 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 click, 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 and you download yourself some shows for free. That's true. Click, 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 and you got all the shows you want. Ten years for the shows, a little more, click, 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 you got it. All because of our fine friend, John Blickman, at BlickmanEngineering.com. Blickman Engineering, they're uh, innovating your brew day. They're constantly making cool new stuff at uh, make your brew day simpler, easier, uh, better, more fantastic, all of the above. And great people with uh, great engineering minds. Uh, they have been uh, sponsoring the show for a good long time and uh, paying for it so you don't have to. Uh, so uh, you should be quite thankful and I think the least you could do is go to uh, or send an email to feedback at uh, uh, BlickmanEngineering.com and tell them that you appreciate that they sponsor the show. That's, you know, I think uh, John's not looking for any, any great kudos, but it would be nice for him to know that uh, uh, the money he spends on the show is appreciated. And mm-hmm. uh, he's not really looking for any more than that. Uh, but I would say, you know, if you're in the, the market for brew gear, uh, check out BlickmanEngineering.com. Check it out, out that stuff. And then uh, if you think, hey, you know, I don't have a lot of money to spend. They've even got a more value-engineered uh, line for you. Uh, An- uh, Anvil Brewing Products. It's AnvilBrewing.com. Uh, check out uh, all the, the goodies they got there. These are every bit as well-constructed as the... Uh, as the the finest Blickman gear, but uh, engineered in a way to uh, keep the prices down. Maybe not as many bells and whistles, but uh, solid uh, brewing stuff uh, for your brewing enjoyment if you're on a little bit more of a budget. I like to think of them as the Chevy versus the Cadillac. The Chevy versus the Cadillac. Okay. All right, John. You can be a little more modern. (laughs) <laughs> the Leaf versus the Tesla? Um, huh? Yeah, yeah, that huh? works. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Come on. Or the Galaxy versus the iPhone kind of thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so. <laughs> don't think so. Moving on. All right. Uh, why don't we jump right in with a question? Pornographic dildo, Stephen? 
Okay. This is from Trevor Raborn. Says, hey guys, I'm using Palmer's spreadsheet to calculate my mash uh, pH, and I'm not quite sure how to add acidulated malt into the spreadsheet. How would I go about doing that? That also makes me wonder if I should even bother with acidulated malt, and should I just buy some acid and acidify my mash and sparge water? I batch sparge, so I'm not really worried about my runoff pH, but would it just be easier to acidify with liquid acid? Which acid would be best to use, if so? Now, I'll jump right in here. Okay. Just because, yeah, um, just use, use like, lactic acid from your homebrew shop. Using acidulated malt, the only reason it exists is because, from the Reinheitsgebot, uh, where they, the Germans couldn't pour lactic acid in, they essentially grew lactic acid on the malt so they could throw the malt in just to get around the fact that they couldn't just use straight old lactic acid. The problem with the acidulated malt, and there are estimates for how much you use for how much a pH drop in, in what size batch. You find that, Google that. Uh, I'm not going to Google it for you. And um, uh, you could go ahead and use that in your calculations, but why? It costs more money. It's a, you know, it can be a little bit more variable than just straight lactic acid. So just use lactic acid. You can use phosphoric, too. Some people prefer phosphoric. It, it gives more of a taste like soda. Lactic acid gives more of a taste towards, you know, kind of like fruit juice or, uh, you know. Uh, so um, lactic is just super easy to work with and um, readily available. Just keep it refrigerated. Uh, and that's about it. I think um, there's just not a... I, I don't see the value of using acidulated malt when you don't have to. It's, um, you know, tying your hand for, for no reason. Uh, what, what would you say, John? What, how how does uh, this is a question about your spreadsheet? Sure. Well, um, yeah, I was going to say that acidulated malt is, I guess, you know, as you say, it's it's a tool for those trying to adhere to the Reinheitsgebot or trying to adhere to some principle of beer purity. Um, and if you, I, I've looked at the uh, numbers and, and Weirman states uh, on their website that uh, a 1% addition uh, by weight of acidulated malt to your grain bill will drop the pH about one-tenth. Um, you know, under, under, I guess, nominal conditions uh you know a mm-hmm. pale beer and so on sure well um, and that's also true for just straight lactic acid too yeah yeah it's going to depend so, on the conditions of the mash yeah i th- i think uh if you're if you're a little bit shy about you know figuring out how much lactic acid to use um there's instructions in the water book that colin and i put together that uh you know guide you through that process it's pretty easy to calculate um, or you can just, you know, uh, brute force it by measuring it with the, you know, stirring and measuring with the pH meter as you add it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, either way, uh, whichever, whatever seems easy, easiest to you. Yeah, and I, I just got to say that, you know, there's times when you maybe the conditions are slightly different. You're starting water or something about the grain, the base malt that you're using is slightly different because you're not always getting exactly the same base malt. So it tends to change batch to yep. batch. And yep. so um, when you use the acidulated malt, 
you've calculated this and you've added that and you've got your water measured out and everything else. And then, oh, it didn't drop to where I thought it would. I need to add more. Well, now you've got to add more water. It starts just throwing everything off. With lactic acid, if it doesn't work out, it's like, okay, well, I'll just add another mill uh, to my mash and see, you know, see where that gets me. I, I can add another mill, and you can just keep going. Yeah. And it's very easy to uh, just make a little tweak. So I'm telling you, I'm begging and pleading with you, all you folks, stop using acidulated malt. Use just use lactic acid. Um, yeah, if you want to, fine. But I'm just saying it's easier. It's more straightforward. Um, and that's why I would I would recommend it. Thus right. speaks the Pope. <laughs> it is a popism. Yes. Let it be. Let it be so. All right. Let's take a short break. When we come back, more of your questions after this. Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high temperature March pump, and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your Brew Easy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The Brew Easy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your Brew Easy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new Brew Easy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new Brew Easy. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, more beer social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious. Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. 
Grog tags aren't just for labeling your home brews to hand out to your friends. They're the perfect way to round out your personal brewing marketing. Bringing your latest beer to a funeral? Craft a metal sign to go with it. Heading out to Little Liam's Bar Mitzvah? Grog Tag custom bottle caps are awesome. Couldn't get out of jury duty this year? Grog Tag the hell out of the deliberation room with reusable labels. Grog Tag has an awesome array of products just waiting to be customized by you. Metal signs, coasters, tasting mats, bottle caps, tap handles. It's all there waiting for your designs at Grog Tag. Liven up your next party with the widest selection of custom products ever offered by a sponsor of the Brewing Network. Grog Tag. At least your beer will look good. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? Twenty-first Amendment. Watch out! The Twenty-first Amendment in San Francisco, located at five six three Second Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring Monk's Blood, made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the twenty-one A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of Monk's Blood. The Twenty-first Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. All right. We spent the break talking sandwiches. What makes a good sandwich? Sauces. Sauce. We talked uh, lunch boxes. Oh. We talked all sorts bread. of things. We People talked breads. Bread. We talked mm. everything except for craft the brew. Yeah. Uh, John, I know you've heard of this. This yep. is that uh, plastic conical fermenter. That is uh, 90% more scratch-resistant than other plastics and 71% more uh, or less oxygen permeable. It's got a nice compact stand, meaning you can put this thing on your counter. You can put it inside your fridge. It's not like six feet tall where and bulky where it won't fit somewhere. You can actually uh, sneak that thing in and, uh, you know, right on your countertop, lightweight, so you don't uh, struggle uh, lugging it around. And uh, I think that that's great. You know, take it over to your friend's house, and you can, you can brew there with it. Uh, cleaning's a breeze. It's got the uh, large snap-off lid, so you can reach right in there and uh, clean it up. That's one of the problems. Problems with uh, uh, you know, like the uh, the better bottles and uh, you know carboys as well. With better bottles, you can't reach in with a carboy brush and, and scrub it. Uh, but you know, it's hard to, to do any other sort of cleaning, so you have to just rely on chemical means. Um, with something like this, you could you could reach in on the inside because it's ninety uh, percent less uh, uh, likely to scratch. Um, you know, it's. Uh, Pretty, pretty cool. And the coolest thing is it's got a three-inch butterfly valve on the bottom. So you can screw in your, your mason jar, and then uh, if you want to uh, leave that thing open and, and collect your yeast in the bottom, 
uh, in your mason jar and then close that and you've harvested yeast for your next pitch. Uh, I think that's pretty cool. You can get all this uh, by checking out uh, the catalyst on kickstarter.com. And uh, you can support our friends at Craft Brew for making this uh, new fermenter a reality. Very cool. So check them out today. All right. Uh, what's our next question? This one's from Michael Fry. It's about pH level in the pre-boil. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough to win a pro-am session to brew and enter my beer into GABF. Congratulations. <clears throat> During the brew day... The head brewer and I talked about various things. The one thing that I've never heard discussed on this show or scouring the interwebs was pH level for your pre-boil. We talk about it all the time for the mash to get better efficiency ETC. Something I never thought of was after the mash was complete, making adjustments to the pre-boil so that it sets me up for fermentation and a final product. The numbers that the brewery shot for was 5.15 to 5.2 for most beers. Things they wanted to be very full-bodied, they'd shoot for slightly higher pH of 5.3 to 5.35. If they missed those numbers, they'd add minerals for adjustment to get to the proper pH levels, i.e. calcium chloride, phosphoric acid, ETC. Thoughts, comments, any insight to this? Well, um, Kunz's book, uh, you know, Technology of Malting and Brewing, uh, talks a bit about um, uh, wort pH. Uh, before the boil. Um, my own opinion on it is that if you've got a healthy wort and water and pH in the mash, that you should drop into um, a use, a, you know, a good pH for the wort going into the boil. The boil should work. pH The pH drop should happen during the ferment, and you should get a, get a, a good beer pH. Um, there's there's not been a lot of study on uh, pH drop really for any part of the brewing process uh, much. I mean, um, the home brewing community, you know, because we talk about it, uh, they've we've started doing uh, pH measurements in the mash. And adjusting the mash pH, um, but yeah, he's right. We haven't done much work in the way of uh, wort pH going into the boil or you know exiting the boil. Uh, Jamil, do you ever consider this aspect much? Um, yeah, I, you know, I think um, I think you know, and I, I, I'm not sure there's any real magic happening. It's just that. Um, uh you know the the lower the starting uh, ph of your wort uh before fermentation the lower the finishing ph of your wort after fermentation so um it's pretty much tied in you know given the same yeast and all the other fermentation parameters the same when you start lower you finish lower so yeah. and that can have a you know uh, an impact on kind of the uh, perception of the beer, you know, more bitter, less bitter, um, seemingly more full or less full, I think. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 I would agree with it in, in, in this way that you need to, you know, have a kind of a target pH in mind for your beer and the finish of the beer. Um, and if the beer isn't quite right, maybe you want a higher or lower uh, finishing pH. 
Um, I've seen some studies uh, and some papers on, uh, you know, pH at the end of the boil and, and through the boil and, and what's going on with um, uh, staling reactions and such and um, uh, thermal load and, and all that stuff. But um, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know that, you know, it's the most critical thing. But, yeah, um, sometimes, you know, if, if you're – you can – successfully mash at a much higher ph and and go into the the boil with a higher ph um so i think you know your your end of boil ph yeah you could adjust your you know the starting mash ph and you know fix it that way too so mm-hmm. i don't know yeah i don't, I don't know I'm not aware of any correlation between uh, wort pH and, say, you know, uh, protein and mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the, the enzymes that would be acting on pro- proteins are, you know, are dead at this point mm-hmm. uh, in the process. So, um, I don't know, you know, it may, it may be a, a solubility thing. It may be a coagulation thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that and... Um just uh you know uh, sometimes when your your ph is higher your fermentation um you mm-hmm. know may not uh, go as far or if your ph is yeah. lower you know um, fermentation can, has a very large affected. moderating effect on mm-hmm. changes in ph coming into fermentation mm-hmm. um you know um, colin when we were writing the water book mentioned that uh he could you would often see uh, a difference of a tenth or two going into fermentation. It would come out at the same beer pH, uh, you know, after fermentation uh, with some recipes. Yeah, if you're you know, talking a tenth. Experience. I think if you're talking a tenth, maybe. Um, yeah. But I've, I've seen, you know, a few tenths just carry through. So I've seen yeah. uh, at our brewery um, a direct correlation between starting pH and finishing pH. Okay. Yeah, and I would expect that. Yeah. yeah, I think you know as long as it's a range that the the yeast can work in, uh, they're gonna they're gonna work in it. Um, I think you know small differences again. If your fermentation is not exactly the same every time, it's going to be difficult to see that um, you know it's consistent. So mm-hmm. you know hard hard to do without uh, truly working some tests. All right, uh, let's see here. Let's, uh, one more question. This one's from Dustin Strong. Uh, he says he's read in a few places that making a yeast starter with a yeast blend, uh, Y yeast lambic blend or white labs Berliner blend is not recommended. The thinking being that some parts of the blend will reproduce more in the starter, shifting the balance of the blend. Just wondering if there's much evidence to support this thought. Hmm. I will tell you that the yeast manufacturers who make these blends have told me that they thought it was so, that they've looked and they've measured, and they, they'll grow up the yeasts and bacteria and whatever they, they're putting in these blends um, separately, and then they blend them together at a certain rate. And they tell me that... If they go ahead and grow it up or even, you know, um, in a batch of beer, at the end of the batch of beer, the ratios are different. And so I 
I believed that, and I reported that, and I said that for a long time, that, oh, yeah, you really want to be careful about that because it's going to throw things off and it's not going to be the same. And then I started, uh, then I, through uh, a series of weird uh, experiments where I would take, uh, you know, mixed culture beers and, you know, uh, just add wort to it and see what happened and, you know, uh, mixed culture beers that I had brewed and then just add wort to the, to the you know, repitching essentially. And the flavor would turn out surprisingly just about identical to the, the initial beer. And so my thinking was, I'm not sure if this is really true or not. I think that, yes... The growth and all this uh, may is happening at different rates, but that also happens in the beer, in that first beer that you're brewing. If you take a pitch of a mixed culture and throw it into your beer, the yeast grow up at a different rate anyways. Yep. And so your ratios are off. I mean, that's why they're off at the end of the, the brew, Right. So the same thing happens in a in a starter. There, and, and part of it, I guess, there could be blends where it would just go so far, eventually, you know, killing off the you know the other yeast or something, and then they wouldn't exist anymore. Well, if that was the case, then yeah. But I think that, and this is what I was telling uh, Greg Doss at uh, when he worked at Y Yeast. I was saying, um, I wonder if you know just. Through the nature of each organism, they kind of have their own, you know, slot in life. They have their their little niche in the environment, and they do their own thing. And whether, you know, whether the the rate is exactly the same or not, they it may take a little longer, but they eventually kind of get to the same point. And I'm sure there's, you know, maybe it's not exactly identical, but I think that you can repitch mixed cultures. And I think that you can get pretty much the same results every time. And if that's the case, then you should be able to do a starter and grow it up. Now, I would offer this thought yeah. that um, the conditions under which you put them in a starter, mm -hmm. if those are quite different from you know the beer fermentation, mm -hmm. that could uh, exacerbate the issue. Whereas if you're doing a starter that's being yeah. grown in much the same conditions as the beer would, right. then they're probably going to grow in a similar manner. Yeah, but I would say, you know, the cultures that were, when they were initially grown, they weren't grown in a beer fermentation. They were grown in special conditions. And, mm -hmm. you know, so they just throw them together. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I don't know that the, you know, the starter would throw it off that much. Um, well, I think, I, you know, for if if it was a super growth, right. you know, hot, super yeah. aerated, da, 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 you know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think it, it potentially would be fine. I, <laughs> I, I would lean towards it's more likely that it works out just fine than it is likely that it becomes a, a huge problem. OK, that's what I would say. I I would. Uh, that's that is the way I'm leaning, and I'm sticking by it. Okay, <laughs> I will back you up. All right? Yeah, we'll we'll both go down in flames for this. <laughs> no, I, I I really think um, all the 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 practical application that I've had 
I've ended up with it pretty much always turning out exactly like it did before. So there you go. Give that a shot. All right. Uh, Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll have more of your questions right after this. Army, have you heard the latest at HopTech? Since HopTech has doubled in size after a huge expansion, Jade and Roberto can stock even more of the best quality homebrewing supplies and equipment. Over 60 kick-ass varieties of hops and malts, monster truckloads of quality brewer's yeast, including white labs, Y yeast, and multiple dry yeasts. They even have all grain systems from Grain Fathers and Ruby Street Brew Systems, thanks to Jade, the brand new all-grain brewer. And don't forget about their 10% discount to all BN Army members. Jade and Roberto are waiting for you and all of your brewing questions over at HopTech.com. HopTech, totally not sucking since 1983. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishev, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of Citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and the freshest ingredients, backed by the best customer service in the business. Do you like to mash using efficient fly sparging, but would like an easy way to heat your strike and sparge water? Enter the new Brewer's Edge Electric Mash Water Heater, a plug-in, anywhere, precisely controlled heater for strike and sparge water ditch the fumes and second burner and make mashing easy go to williamsbrewing.com today and browse their vast selection that's williamsbrewing.com orders placed by 4 p.m pacific time weekdays ship the same day brewing is easy the williams way Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back, I guess. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we're, we're definitely, definitely back. back. We're back. Definitely back. Woo, we're back. Uh, questions? Question. This one's from Sebastian Schinkel. It says, A, you guys are awesome. And what is the best way to buy the water book that puts the most money in John Palmer's oh. pocket? 
have well, him handwrite no, one can, on your arm. <laughs> can he buy it directly from you? Yeah, send me a hundred dollars. No, um, <laughs> go to <laughs> go to uh, the Brewers Publications website, or the in other words, the AHA store. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can buy them direct from from there, and uh, yeah, that that would be the maximum margin. Yeah, um, for the sale. Believe it or not, we get paid more when you buy it from the publisher. When you buy it on Amazon, be <laughs> very little, not so much. Yeah. But that's okay. I mean, you know, buy it wherever you want to buy it. It's not about us making money off of anything. It's True. really about you know sharing information, trying to help people be better brewers, and so. Um, if you, you know, save five bucks on a book and we don't make anything, that's fine. You know, put it towards, uh, you know, temperature control fermentation. Bevo's uh, disagreeing. The um... girls got to get paid. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, I, I think it's it's a very nice thought, though. Very nice sentiment. I, I just think. Um, you know, do do what you need to do, and uh, you know, try and uh, or you know, donate the money to charity or something. John doesn't need it. No. I think, uh, do you not often not get paid, Bebo? No, I get paid. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, okay. she gets paid. Yeah, it, it, I sure. She gets paid weekly. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. And it's, <laughs> I don't know what that was. I'm really I confused. I don't think anyone really knew what that was. <laughs> Speaking of somebody who doesn't well. know what anything really is, have you listened to Dr. Homebrew? No. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell Jake. That was probably the best that transition the best I've ever segue. heard. <laughs> that was well done. That was pretty good, I think. Oh, no, but you can listen. It's a good show with lots of, uh, you know, they, they uh, get beer sent in and they analyze them, they judge them, and they, they, they get feedback on them right there on the air. So, uh, cool show. And it's free, just like all the shows on the Brewery Network. So, check it out. Lots of good shows for you to uh, download and enjoy, including uh, the, the uh, very lovely uh, Dr. Homebrew. So, check that out. All right, next question. All right, part two of Sebastian's email is um, he's asking about wastewater on a well septic system and uh, what should he be looking for in a good system? How does he protect the ecosystem and his well from the chemicals used in brewing? Hmm. Well, number one, don't fall in. Um, yeah, probably about covers it. <laughs> Uh, well, chemical, well, I guess it's a septic system. So you don't want, um, long lasting sanitizers, uh, getting in, killing all of your septic bacteria, the stuff that breaks down the waste. Um, and, uh, sanitizers such as iodophore, uh, can, can do that. Um, chlorine dioxide, some of the, you know, basically, the more effective a sanitizer is, uh, the more chance that it'll last into the ecosystem. And if you're on a septic tank, um, you may have trouble with uh, killing off your septic bacteria and have to add some some more. Right. Um, and you know, a lot of the I think a lot of the problems come with. Um, using more aggressive chemicals that are not designed for homebrew. 
um, or using excessive concentrations. Um, you know, if you use these things in the right concentrations and uh, don't go overboard and uh, you're brewing at like a normal pace and not like, you know, brewing five times a day. Uh, a lot of times, you know, can't these systems handle that, John? I mean, there's a massive amount of bacteria in these things. Yeah, usually. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you got like a, a huge giant pile of poo-filled uh, water <laughs> under the ground. <laughs> so, uh, um, uh, you know, throwing in five gallons of uh, you know, some star sand, I don't think is really going to shut that down. Now, if you were to flood it with it, I think it could. Um, but uh, generally, you know, that if you're, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure, you know, brewers should be using like chlorine dioxide or anything like that. Um, if they stick with the, the star sand, the PBW, uh, those types of uh, uh, iodophore, uh, those types of uh, uh, compounds, I think, uh, you know, they're, they should be, should be good. I mean, keep in mind that... Um, you know, uh, all your dishwashing, uh, you know, your clothes washing, all those those chems are are going into uh, your same septic system, system yeah. as well. Uh, they have uh, septic safe, you know, versions of it. But uh, you know, people will use bleach in their uh, washing machine, and that goes right down there. And bleach is a very powerful, uh, uh, you know, sanitizer as well. So I don't think that. Um, you need to worry too much about that. As far as the well, what was his question about the well? Um, pretty much the same thing. What's safe for the well and his septic system? Don't fall in the well, like John said. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, a lot of things about well water. You know, the well uh, water can change. Depends on where you're at, how big the aquifer is, and, you know, what, you know. Um, how deep it is, the so- yeah. kind of soil, right. livestock. I would I would suggest yeah especially like livestock and things you know nearby that you're doing that may be uh, you know uh, making its way into the water eventually um, I'd suggest you know having your water tested. Um, How would livestock get into the water? They, turkey barf. They pee. <laughs> turkey barf. They pee and poo on the ground and it soaks in and rain, oh, okay. rains and works that down, carries that down just, with it. I was envisioning uh, so, something completely different. Okay. Right. I'm, I'm there. Know. Yes. Um, now, sheep dipped on it. Yeah. And, and normally, you know, bacteria and stuff like that in the soil will break down the compounds in the in the waste. And, you know, by the time it, it gets through all the uh, sedimentary rock or things like that, it'll uh, kind of filter its way through and, and become, uh, uh, you know, pure water. Right. Right. So I, I would just suggest so there they and they have standards for testing wells that are used for human consumption. I would you you know kind of stick with those same testing. And then as far as water changes, I could highly recommend the Lamott uh, water test kits. Uh, they tend to uh, give you good good results uh, quickly and easily and at an affordable price. So you can just check check your water on a regular basis as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. All right, let's uh, take one more short break, and when we come back, we'll wrap up uh, after this. 
Ken Grossman of Sierra Nevada Brewing Company says making great beer is hard. Making the same great beer every day is harder. Brewers Publications announces its latest release for breweries of any type and size. Quality Management, an essential guide for brewers by Mary Pelletieri. Proper quality management for small, regional, and national breweries is critical. Whether you are an established business or brand new, learn the best ways to create and manage a quality system in your brewery. This book will guide you in developing a comprehensive program that will grow with your brewery, help ensure quality processes in the brewery, and continue providing great beer for your fans. Quality management for breweries is critical for continued success. This guidebook teaches you to integrate quality management in every level of the operation. It will guide you in developing a comprehensive program to ensure quality processes in your brewery. Quality management, an essential guide for brewers, now available from Brewers Publications. Learn more at brewerspublications.com. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support. Like... Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and a home brewer's answer book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer, whether for yourself or as a gift, when you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the BrewingNetwork.com. heard about White Lab's Pure Pitch Yeast. Pure Pitch is yeast grown right in its final packaging. That means yeast that has never been exposed to the environment. And White Lab's Pure Pitch Yeast for homebrewers is now available to everyone at homebrew retailers nationwide. Easy to use, perfectly sized, and ready to pitch. White Lab's yeast packaged using their FlexCell process ensures the purest yeast on the market. Visit WhiteLabs.com to learn more about PurePitch, FlexCell technology, and how it's created. Then visit a homebrew retailer near you for your own perfectly sized package of Pure Pitch yeast. And you can say hello to your own little friend. www.whitelabs.com In my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special secret elite bare-bones club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. 
Holy shit. NicoBrew.com. N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W. NicoBrew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. to brew has never been so disgusting this is brew strong all right we're back got a couple more questions let's knock them out all right that's your cue to read a question i'm I'm getting there man (laughs) (laughs) all right this one's from joshua ingram uh, from boise idaho it's about uh, mash pH. Boise. Hello, Bo-easy. Jamil and John. What is the target mash I'm going to be in Boise in September. Are you? Yes. Mm. The 12th and 13th. Oh. Boise. I'll be there. There you go. Uh, what is the target mash pH when measuring pH at room temperature? 5.2 to 5.6. It's right. a range. It's... The actual best temperature depends on several factors. So we say 5.2 to 5.6 to cover the bases and get you in the ballpark that usually works well. Well, and he said uh, at room temperature. Yes. All right. So room temperature tends to be like 0.3 higher than at mash temperature. No, mash temperature is 0.3. Well, yes, yes. Point th- <laughs> I had it back. I was thinking of it backwards. Yes. Uh, mash temperature is 0.3 lower than room temperature. Yes. Yes. And 5.2 to 5.6 at room temperature is the target range. Well, there you go. All right. You got one more? One more. Um, and then we have... Wait, you're not going to be there. Endless, endless uh, chat room questions. Endless. Yes. All right. right? Yeah, it's like You're a whole so other show of chat room questions. All right. Oh wait, what? How's your solitaire game just, going? You just insulted our listeners. Um, Damn you, Spider Solitaire, and I'm losing. All right. Just read the questions. Come on, I want to get out of here. <laughs> Hi guys, I just listened. To run. <laughs> I just listened to the Thermal Load Show, and one of the reasons that's typically listed for a vigorous boil was barely mentioned which is getting a good hot break. Mm-hmm. If you lower the intensity of your boil to avoid excessive thermal load, aren't you also lessening the amount of hot break formed? And by getting less of a hot break, aren't you also leaving stability damaging proteins in your beer? It seems to me that there must be a sweet spot that hits the optimum hot break while not introducing excessive thermal load. Is that a fair statement? If so, where's that sweet spot? And if not, where am I misunderstanding? How many times did he say sweet spot in that? A lot. <laughs> And if you said, if so, where's that sweet spot? Yeah. He did a little uh, parenthesis. Insert Adam and Eve live read here. <laughs> right. I'll, I'll get to that in just a moment. Um, no, uh, the... Uh, Link, the intensity of the boil yeah. doesn't change it. Change really. it that much, yeah. Once you reach a certain temperature, I think when did the break start forming at, uh, what, 190 or something like that? Yeah, um, 180, 190, something. Yeah, yeah. so... You know, in the difference between, you know, a boil and a leaping boil, uh, temperature-wise is like a degree. It's not, um, yeah. it's not much. Uh, you really don't retain that much heat. Um, so it, it, it doesn't, uh, you're not 
you're not talking about really improving your your break by going uh, yeah. balls out on it. Yeah, time will improve the break. Um, there's there's some documentation on time. Um, 90 minutes versus and 120 ver- minutes versus 60 but uh that's you know it's not something uh, that we're worried about trying to optimize mm-hmm. yeah you should you should be fine with just a regular old boil and uh yeah with uh not you know not going crazy in your boil just a gentle boil um and and you should be fine all right uh i'll tell you what but if you want more Get yourself over to adamandeve.com. Use the off code Jamil, J-A-M-I-L, at adamandeve.com. And I'll tell you what, you are going to get more. You're going to get 10 times as much. You're going to get 10 free gifts. First off, you're going to get a fine gift for her, a fine gift for you, and a fine gift for the both of you, which apparently is Bevo's very favorite thing in the world. It is the clit uh, dumper. That's how you find a sweet spot. That's how you find the sweet spot, right? You want balls out? Find the sweet spot? Use the clit dumper. AdamandEve.com. Just saying. Uh, And they're going to give you uh, six free adult DVDs, full-length beauties, and uh, free shipping. Ten free gifts in all. Just for using the offer code Jamel, J-A-M-I-L, at AdamandEve.com. Check them out. Nice sponsor. Uh, check them out today. Uh, <clears throat> Bebo, uh, you had a question from the chat. Are you speaking at NCHF? No. A um, couple of reasons. Uh, they didn't ask. And well, that's rude. I, I am uh, going to be in Portland with uh, Pornographic Steve. He's going up there for a porn shoot. I thought I'd, I'd go along and, and watch. Yeah. He's so uh, supportive. Yeah, I just, yeah. hold his towel for him. <laughs> like, what a guy. What kind of support? Hold, hold his jock strap. <laughs> hold his junk that, so the camera that can get a better support. angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Has, gonna, the, has the briefcase that carries the mustache. I'm going to hold hold <laughs> hold hold the strap. His support gear. Um, yeah, I, I. Hey, I'm supportive. What can I say? You're a good man. That's Thanks. right. That's Appreciate right. That. At the same time, I'm actually going to be speaking at a uh, homebrew meeting at Steinbart's on uh, that Thursday, which I believe is the 15th. Um, and uh, we're going to talk about beer, and we're going to drink some beer and have some fun. I think uh, it's a big old meeting of, like, two homebrew clubs. But I think if you were to ask them if you could sit in, I bet you they would not be opposed to that. So check that out, too. And I'll be in Boise just before that. And then um, Porno Steve will be there, too. And we'll be having some beers. So you can come out to events and have some beers with us. And uh, yeah. who knows what? Have some fun. Are you shocked that we are going to Portland together? I, well, I can't tell if you're joking. No, really. No, we're not. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. How'd Steve get invited on a trip before me? I didn't get invited. I just he puts bought out, my own you know, ticket and went, hey, I'm going to meet you there. If you were to put out more, oh, yeah. you know, no. you, you'd get the invite. See, you know? there, that's, that's there the is. difference right there. That's the real. Okay. There's a, there's a price. It's <laughs> a price. I'd be willing to pay the price. Right. And not cry too much afterwards. I'm going to cry after this conversation. <laughs> uh, did we yes. mention that today is Porno Steve's birthday? Oh, He's finally legal. Yeah. He'll be filming the video, Finally Legal. <laughs> <laughs> crack Wrangler. Porno Steve Crack Wrangler in Finally Legal. 
Nice. In 12 states. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd love to be at NCHF. I love NCHF. That is just one of the most awesome. Uh, John, you've been there with me oh, before. Oh, yeah. I love it there. That's just one of the most awesome uh, uh, events. events. It's just a beautiful place, and it's just so. So homebrew, man. I tell you, yeah. I love it. Guys just, like us. Yeah, just wandering around Good and women. Yeah. having beer and eating food and talking, brewing, and just having fun. Camping yep. out. It is awesome. Hitting deer. It's awesome. Hitting deer. Running over deer. I hit a deer. In the motorhome. Yes. Was it terrifying? It was awful. I hit a deer a couple days ago. Oh, yeah. On the freeway. Did it destroy? On, on the Interstate 80. How, oh, destro- really? how destroyed was your car? It wasn't that destroyed because there were no cars around me, so I was able to slam on my brakes and swerve around it, so I clipped it, and it, it just... just take its head, head it off? It took my bumper off. <laughs> Dude. The those... side of my bumper is gone, and the part that's left has fur attached to it still. <laughs> it'll it'll take you out, man. It's uh, crazy. It was terrifying. Yes. If you're wondering about our instance of hitting a deer, uh, go back to the archives. Listen to them all until you hear about uh, the Chris White uh, uh, mega RV. I definitely and- heard this story. <laughs> the rampage. Yes. Yes. So terrible. It was pretty awesome. And great. I talked about it the other day. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's it. I think that's the show. I think we'll call that a show. Uh, if you enjoyed this. All right. Uh, make sure to check out our fine sponsors. Check out uh, Blickman Engineering, especially. Uh, send an email to John Blickman by hitting uh, feedback at BlickmanEngineering.com and let him know how much you appreciate them sponsoring this show. Check out all the goodies that they have in the Brewing Network store, thebrewingnetwork.com slash store. Because when you buy those things, get yourself a growler, get yourself uh, some pint glasses, get some shirts, some hats, some hoodies, some... Uh, uh, what else they got? Couches. Uh, Couches. They got uh, no. They don't. They got bottle openers. They got uh, uh, posters. They've got um, you know uh, uh, silk plants. They got it all. And when you buy that stuff, it all goes to the bottom line of the Brewing Network and helps keep shows like this on the air. Until then, everybody, brew strong. Brew strong. <laughs> <laughs>